Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode SIG P226 of Slamfire Radio for October 6th, 2017. I am one of your hosts, Adriel Michaud. And I'm another one of your hosts, Kaylee Lynn. And, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just it was a little lonely week last week and almost as lonely this week. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, hey, we, we've got two guests on later, so we're doubling up on our, uh, on our guests for the main topic, right? I think we had two. There we go. It was very lonely. <laughs> All right. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we get right into it? Uh, what we did with guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. They have the Mossberg Maverick security combos on for $279. So if you're looking for a shotgun, there's uh, that guy out there. $279. Can't go wrong with that. Pretty cheap for a shotgun. And those Mossberg Mavericks are all right for the price. Uh, did you want to start on with uh, what we did in guns? You're always last, so why don't you uh, why don't you go in first today? I did the East Coast Maple Seed trip, and New Brunswick's never going to be the same. So it really isn't going to be the same. Uh, what we did in guns uh, Thursday, we spent the whole entire day traveling to New Brunswick. So when you, Adriel, were recording the show uh, with Yolanda and Wes, I was just about hitting the NB border, so the New Brunswick border. So I wasn't able to join you, and I don't know, Trevor and Matthew were slackers, so sorry about that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, we arrived in Fredericton about 8 p.m., and so we had an impromptu meetup, uh, get-together at the Hilltop Pub. And for those of you who are from uh, Fredericton, you'll know that is an epic place to be, especially those of us who who attended UMB and Stu. And uh, I did one of those. I was a stupid person um (laughs) it's an inside joke if uh you went to university in new brunswick anybody who went to st thomas university they were called stupid Uh, anyways well trevor went to stew matthew went to stew jewel went to stew i went to stew we're all stews stupid i guess anyways uh, then on Friday, we got up really, really early in the morning. And when I say early, we got up at 5 a.m., but because we were still on Ontario time, so it was really 4 a.m., uh, we got up, had breakfast, and we're at the base before 7 a.m. And Filthy, who is the Stern Trooper, but also a listener, friend of uh, Slimefire Radio, he arranged for us to go and look at leopard tanks and go and check them out and climb all over them, different things cool. like that. So it was yeah it was really a lot of fun and because of the fact that i was coming to new brunswick i got contacted by a friend who also works on the base but he he works on griffin helicopters so once we were done with the tanks we went over and checked out the 403 squadron on base and we got to sit in play and you know griffin helicopters and that was really cool too and then what did we do? Oh, yeah. Uh, I took uh, everybody on a virtual tour. Uh, what I mean by virtual, I mean we did face 
um, you know, face chat live because we were in two separate cars. And I took them on a tour of the place I grew up. And then we got to climb all over a link and took pictures there and then Stacy uh, Stacy from Michigan the apple sea princess yes she was there too she and I went back to the hotel she went to uh, she went to bed but I started working on a fundraiser that we're going to do here at Slimfire and the guys they went at they went to um, uh, Wheeler or is it Weller but it's CP gear anyways and they went and picked up some uh, they went and picked up some of the uh, the you know the uh, patches yeah and then they also got to actually check out the Machine Gun Museum. Uh, Friday night, well, Friday night we went and set up the range, but uh, we went to Filthy's Place. And while we were at 50, Filthy's Place, we did some drinking. And while we were waiting for, you know, Matthew and Jewel to show up, or actually, they did show up, and Gallon showed up, who is also a friend of the the show, and we also got to meet uh, um, Mark um, Minnis. Is it Minnis? Yes, Minnis. And then we also got to meet Bill Anderson and a couple of other people too. Then Jewel and uh, Matthew showed up, and then we started talking about the next day. The next day, well, charity shoot. Adriel, you remember the charity shoot, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you remember Ra Trevor Rage quitting? Mm, distinctly. Yep. I was shooting yes. and he was next <laughs> so, to me and then he was gone. <laughs> yeah. He raged quite in the middle of the maple seed stage. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit about that at Filthies because you know what? We were drinking and uh, Matthew was there and I said to Matthew, I said, hey, you know, we should actually take a bet because Trevor... Trevor was waiting for Muffin to to get done work, and then they were traveling down down to Fredericton, so they they didn't show up. Um, but we were all together, and we decided that well, we're going to make fun of Trevor. So we decided that we should really make a pool, um, a pool on when he was going to to rage quit. So we had a block of time uh, every half an hour, and then what we decided to do is we were going to sell um, the half an hour blocks and raise money f for it. We're, as I said, we're going to be announcing a fundraiser soon, but this money is going towards that fundraiser. Anyways, so we had a whole bunch of people like Jay Hines, who, by the way, is on tonight. Uh, he decided that he was going to participate as well, so he uh, he booked or blocked off a, a time period, a half an hour. And then I sent Adriel, you, I sent you a picture, didn't I? Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even actually have to explain what it is. You said, all I got back was, I'll take 1030. And that was it. <laughs> you were, and my reason. <laughs> and, yes. I said, no, I need to have a reason too. Do you remember what the reason was? Hangry. Yes. You would have been hangry by that time. Because mm. the other thing that was really awesome was the fact that well, Trevor is on a low-carb diet and no sugar, no carbohydrates. So we were figuring he'd be angry by the time, you know, 8 o'clock rolled around. So, <laughs> and he'd be rage quitting. So, <laughs> so just, just for the listeners, um, we this was, what do you call it? What do you call those uh, baby I, charts where you bet on the time that the baby's... Uh, huh? I don't know. 
know. I just call them. I just we used to do hockey pools with it. Yeah, so. like it was. It was basically a rage quit pool. <laughs> when this, this this sounds. We sound like awful people. We were betting on when our when our friend was going to rage quit this match. Well, we did have a box that we had two boxes. We had one that said he wouldn't quit, and there was another one that said he wouldn't even get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> But there was somebody who actually did pick the he would not rage quit. Mm. I think it was Jason Gallon. Smart yeah, it was. move. So, but yeah, it was lots of fun that Friday night. And then again on Saturday morning, we were up early, 5, again, uh, 5 a.m. again. And then we were out to the range and uh, we had 15 people on the line shooting. Had 10 of them qualify as riflemen, and the, of those 10, it included Trevor and Matthew, as well as Bill Anderson. No, I don't know. Oh, I have to re- have to refresh. Um, Filthy did win as well, uh, or not win, but he 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 got his patch too. So there was a whole bunch of people. Ten on the Saturday, and then another six on Sunday. We also had our first ever youth. Uh, who was a female, and she got her rifleman patch as well. She got oh. scored a two thirteen, so that was awesome. Um, yeah, it was lots and lots of fun. Uh, we spent Monday driving back to Ontario. Uh, we stopped off in near Woodstock, and we met up with um, one of our CCFR regional field officer coordinator um, for New Brunswick. His name is Paul. Met up with him and had a a quick coffee with him that was fun but uh not much shooting but lots of interacting with people and lots of interacting with big guns how's that yeah okay yeah so that's everything that i did with guns this week trevor probably will fill you in next week on on bragging rights on how he is the you know the top maple seed score for you know slam fire radio and all that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he will let us know all about that next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, he's going to have some buildup. Our our next episode uh, episode of the show is going to have a lot of uh, a lot of Trevor's what he did in guns. Uh, he, well, he's already listed it, and it's like, okay, you guys are going to have to pack a lunch because it's gonna... <laughs> Dan yeah. Grady. It's going to get you to work and back. Dan Grady always tells us how you know going to work. It's just what Trevor did in guns and then the rest of the show when he comes back. So mm-hmm. Dan, you're, it's going to be what you did in guns with Trevor for there and back. It's going to be a two, two day of a two day affair is what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Adriel, what did you do? Um, I was, I was trying to remember if I talked about this on the last show, but I didn't because I just did the interview last time. Yeah, so you did. yeah, if, if you listen to two shows ago, I was talking with Trevor about, um, Potentially like a, a different three-gun pistol. And again, there's nothing wrong with my FNS. I actually uh, quite yep. like it, but I'm looking for something different. So I bought a Glock 34 Gen 4 um, uh, for one. Yep. And I also bought a single-stack 9mm Norinco 1911. Now, these are <laughs> this is two very different ways yeah. of going about the same thing. <laughs> They're both 10-round 9mm... Uh, pistols, but uh, but they're very different. So here's my thought process. I was talking to Trevor about it. He says, totally, buy a Glock 34 and and, uh, and race it out. So I bought a Glock 34. It came with Dawson Precision uh, fiber optic f- sights, which I love. I like, I like that 
uh, red front and blacked out back, and that's what it had. Um, and then I went crazy on brown nails. I ordered a tungsten guide rod, which adds weight to the front, and it's the full-length guide rod. I got a couple recoil springs. I got the Zev Fulcum trigger to make the trigger uh, a little bit nicer and set it back to where uh, it doesn't have so much take-up. I ordered a magwell, um, some extended mag bases, and I'm going to probably add on some grip tape, and uh, maybe I'll paint the mag bases just to make them look a little bit different. Um, that gun has uh, since arrived, so I'm actually holding it right now. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> I was comparing it to my uh, my FNS, and I realized, man, I've got a lot of rounds through this FNS and a lot of abuse. The magwell on it is just chewed up. It's, it's, a, plast up. it's a plastic magwell. Um, yeah. but boy, my FNS looks terrible compared to the, the guy's like, it's got a couple hundred rounds through it. The guy before me had was competing with it. So I'm like, okay, it's going to be like pretty roughly used. It's like, nah, these guys definition of competition. Like, I don't think they put like shot as much as I do with, with that gun. Cause there's not a lot of wear on these guys. Um, no drops. No drops. <laughs> no droppy droppy. No, it's got some scratches on the front from like, it looks like from some holster wear, but uh, who cares? <laughs> um, one of the things, I'm, I'm glad I ordered the um, uh, Magwell, the extended Magwell for it, because the factory generation four Glock Magwell is, I don't want to say pretty bad, but it's not as good as the FNS by far. Uh, the, the Glock magazines themselves are a little bit more complex. They've got that metal insert, and then they've got the plastic outside. And then the Glock magwell itself has these flat sides with very thin plastic, and then it's got that little grip plug thing at the back. And what it does is give a ton of ways that you can jam up inserting the magazine into the magwell under stress, right? Of course, you can just insert it just by looking at it, but... Uh, as my FNS Magwell will attest to, when you're on the clock, sometimes you're just ramming that thing home. And, uh, yeah. So, long story short, the Glock, the factory Glock Magwell is not nearly as good as the uh, F uh, FNS one is. FNS, yeah. yeah. Now, the trigger on the Glock is better. It's uh, a half pound lighter than the FNS. And that's after, you know what, that FNS, I've polished the trigger internals. I've I've got thousands of rounds through it, and it's still not even not even close to the uh, uh, to the Glock, um, but still a fair sight better than a factory M&P uh, trigger. <laughs> so I, I was doing as I'm doing all this, I'm looking at like yeah okay, uh, I really got to get the uh, Magwell that's got the extra weight on it. Oh yeah, I got to get an extra three ounces or an extra four ounces in there, and then I got to get the tungsten guide rod because I got to get extra weight up there. And really what you're doing with, uh, keep in mind, uh, uh, 3-Gun does not have the same regulations as IPSC. And in IPSC, right. you're not allowed to do a bunch of this stuff. Um, but a lot of what you're doing is just trying to add weight to a gun that's not very heavy. The, the gun's lightweight. The gun is uh, something that, uh, that's designed for, you know, uh, uh, cops or military to carry because it's, got, it's plastic, right? Um, yep. And for th shooting three gun, you, like that, all that extra weight is actually a good thing because it helps with controllability and that kind of thing. So I'm thinking, like, man, I wonder, I wonder if there's like, okay, yeah, there's the uh, shadow two out there, but uh, you know, I've got, I've got access to some shadows, so I don't, I don't really need to uh, buy one of those. But what about a 1911? A 1911 has an um, like an amazing trigger. They've got a really short trigger on them. 
Uh, so I wonder about that. And I started looking around and uh, I've actually owned a Norinco 1911 before. I owned one in 45 back when I did not know how to shoot. Oh, yeah, yeah. But before, when I didn't really know how to shoot pistols very well. So I thought it was inaccurate, but like absolutely it was me. Um, I bought a Norinco NP29. It's a single stack 9mm. Now in the States, uh, the Glock 34 would be the better choice because you could run double stack mags. You can run uh, 17 rounders. You can run 30 rounders. You can run like a lot more rounds in double stack. Here in Canada... 10 rounds is 10 rounds. That's that's our limit. So um, yep. NP29, you can get 10 round single stack 9mm mags. Uh, so I was thinking, ah, I wonder, I wonder if the trigger in that one would be so much better and the shooting with it would be so much better because it's way heavier. It's all steel uh, that it would turn out to be a better three gun pistol. So I bought one of those too. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> no, are you going to? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Gonna, sorry. But are you going to do like a review based on the performance and then just let us know which one you prefer? Here's what I'm thinking. So there's a ton of guys who have reviewed and, and do the 1911 versus Glock thing, which is kind of silly. They're like, I think they're two, doing two totally different things. But I'm putting them up against each other for the same purpose. Which one makes a better three-gun pistol in Canada? Again, this would not be a consideration for the for the guys in the U.S. because in the U.S. you'd your double stack mags are obviously better. So there, they might be competing a Glock 34 against oh I don't know like a 2011. Um, but even that's not a really good comparison. The 2011s are super expensive. Anyways, long story short, I've I've got this Nork uh, MP29 1911 nine millimeter that's coming out. Um, the one I end up purchasing. Uh, came from New Brunswick, uh, some oh. some place called Doctor Deals. I had to actually, I, I texted Trevor. I'm like, uh, is this legit? <laughs> this <laughs> doesn't look real. Yeah, this doesn't look legit. But if they say they're in New Brunswick, he's like, no, it's totally legit. It's like, oh, okay. So uh, I got a single stack nine millimeter in stainless. It's got a, already comes with a fiber optic front sight, extended controls. Uh, so I'm thinking of adding in uh, ten round mags, a mag well. Uh, a trigger job or a, a different trigger entirely. And then I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll probably shoot a, a few hundred rounds in it just to make sure that the uh, barrel lug to slide fit is good. Um, I, I've heard that a couple of the uh, the Nork barrel to slide fits aren't that good and they end up chewing each other up quite a bit. So I'll, uh, I don't know, I'll shoot them and, and, and see how it goes, see if it uh, uh, sets in nicely. And uh, and then I wouldn't mind shooting a couple matches with either one. So I'll shoot a match with the Glock and I'll shoot a match with the Nork and uh, kind of come back with some findings on that. Cause, so it'll be like a new take on the old Glock versus 1911 uh, yep. uh, argument, right? Which uh, it's kind of interesting. I don't know which one I'm going to like more. I mean, I'm, I'm putting a lot of mods into both of them. The Norinco is going to come in way cheaper, uh, just because the the base pistol itself is is quite a bit cheaper. The base, yeah. the um, how much Glock, did you pay for it? Well, the Glock was seven hundred and twenty uh, right. shipped used, and the Norinco was three fifty shipped uh, shipped new. Yep, right. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah quite uh, quite a bit cheaper. Um, and you don't need like a tungsten guide rod or anything like that because it's already like a super heavy pistol. It's a brick. Yeah. yeah. Basically. It's yeah, exactly. Heavy. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely curious. And then there's also the consideration. 
I might end up shooting these and, and finding that the FNS was actually just fine the whole time. <laughs> so uh, I think you you might. I might. I might. I don't know. I really like that FNS. Um, if it had aftermarket parts, I, it would probably scratch that itch of wanting to do stuff yeah. to it. Um, that I just like, I, I can't leave my guns alone. <laughs> if they stay and they, they don't like get reviewed and then sold, I kind of want to like mess with them and mod them and, and do stuff to them. And it's hard to do that to an FNS because, um, there's aftermarket there's, sites. Yeah. That's it though, and right? That's, that's it. <laughs> you can't really yeah. get too much for them. Whereas Glo- like the Glock platform. Oh man, there's so much stuff. Oh yeah. You can change out everything. And the 1911 platform. Yeah. You can change out everything. Yeah, everything. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'm kind of curious to see, uh, uh, what's going to happen between those two. Uh, yeah, so so a lot, and I'll be doing that over the winter here because you know uh, three gun ends next month, so just two hey, more matches. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, three guns. You got two more matches, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are you doing after three gun? Besides, you know, changing your your pistols and all that. Uh, hunting. I'll be doing hunting all the way through November. Um, yeah. probably doing some coyote hunting. And I still go to the range, like, I I shoot primarily at an outdoor range, and even when it's minus 30, I'll still be out at the range. That's uh, an interesting time when you can see, uh, you know, whether your guns can handle shooting in cold weather. (laughs) So I'll still be out doing that, and I'll probably be doing a lot more um, uh, using that eye target. Uh, That's that laser thing that you can use with your phone. So I'll probably be doing some of that. I was doing some... uh, uh, Dry, really dry fire practice uh, with the Glock uh, the other night uh, using the yeah. iTarget. And it was interesting. It's the holster that I've got is uh, a Blade Tech. I think it's their pro competition one. It's not a race holster, but it's it's pretty open on the front. And I really like how the gun snaps out of it. It holds it very tightly. But when you grab it and you jerk it up, it snaps out like so quick. It's not a uh, snap and drag or anything. There's nothing dragging after you've got it out. It's it's out mm. and it's in your hands. So I kind of like that. What was the difference between your FN and the Glock with with the dry fire? Did you notice anything different? Not or really. Different, or not results? really. No, but I mean, I've got so much time on that FNS that it's, it's not really a fair comparison. Um, yeah. I was practicing some mag reloads. So um, reload, rack the, the slide onto a dummy. Uh, and then fire, and uh, the FNS was easily faster. The Magwell is just much better. I mean, that's one of the things that Glock improved on their Gen 5s is is the Magwell, and right. uh, I had a lot of bobbles trying to... I just I had to be a lot more careful getting the magazine into the Glock than I did the FNS. It just uh, it just eats it what? up. If you've, if you've got it in the area and you ram it, it's going in, whereas yep. the Glock, there's ah, so many little things you can catch on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing too. The uh, the Glock mags. How are you finding yours? Are they dropping free or are they? Uh, yeah, the, all the all of the ones I got are. Dro- they're all the um, genuine Glock mags. They're not uh, okay. KCI or uh, Magpul or anything like that. I mean, part of the reason why I was considering getting a Glock because I know the Magpul mags are so cheap. But yep. this one came with three mags, and I f- ended up getting two mags from Wholesale Sports on. Uh, uh, and they had a killer deal on them, so I'm all up on mags, and I didn't have to get any mag pull or any other kinds. So, cool. Yeah, yeah. You're all set. Yeah, I'm all set. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious. The um, 
the the uh, Glock 34 is a bit longer of a sight radius than the FNS. Um, yep. So that's a little bit interesting. It's got about a half inch more. Um, I don't know if that's going to turn into any practical accuracy differences, but uh, interesting anyways. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's enough. That's enough pistol talk from me for now. <laughs> Why don't we uh, go on to upcoming events? Uh, oh boy, how many are going to read this? We're going to be holding the second <laughs> annual uh, F Cancer Charity Shoot at the, the Guelph Rod and Gun Club on October 21st. Entry will be $40. It'll be a pistol, rifle, shotgun match. Loner guns and spare gear will be available on site for those who need it. More details, including the registration link, will be on Facebook at, and the link will be in the show notes. Uh, that cost of $40 will include a t-shirt and a lunch. Man, that's a good deal. It is. <laughs> $40 and you get a t-shirt and a lunch. That's uh, And a match. <laughs> so good. Uh, in terms of 3-Gun, the upcoming events we have here, uh, Vancouver <laughs> Island 3-Gun Nation will be having their match on Saturday. Uh, Mighty Peace 3-Gun is running a Saturday-Sunday match. I believe that's their team match, uh, so they'll be shoot, uh, having a team match out there. Uh, Chaz 3-Gun will be on the 14th. That's the weekend after. And we're starting to kind of wind down on our seasons here, so I'm kind of curious to see um, uh, who makes it into November. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then uh, we have, uh, did you did you want to read this uh, Project Mapleseed one? Sure. So Project Mapleseed has a couple of new events. They're going to be happening in southeastern Ontario because of the fact that uh, we're back in our area now and we're just uh, winding down the season as well. We have one that's going to be happening in Stony Lake and it's October 21st and 22nd. Uh, we have another one that's going to be happening in Kingston, Ontario and it's November 4th and 5th. So you can go on to our website at mableseedrifleman.com and sign up there under the events tab. It's being released, or they're being released uh, tonight, uh, this weekend actually. So go out and have a look if you're in the area and you want to sign up. And also we're offering a discount to anybody who is a Maple Seed member. You get $5 off, but if you're a CCFR member as well, you get another $5 off. And uh, yeah, so just go there and sign up and yeah if you need to know what the discount code is if you are a ccfr member it's ccfr if you're a maple seed member it's maple seed and if you are maple seed and a ccfr member then put them together it's ccr ccfr maple seed and you get ten dollars off does that make sense you're giving away the so. you're giving away the farm here what we're if, giving what away if our the listeners farm, yeah. aren't ccfr or maple seed members well, then they just, what they do is they go on because, you know, they go on the website and then they sign up and become a member for 35 bucks, which is really cheap too. And then you get a discount. You also get discount at retailers. Or you also go to the CCFR website and you sign up and become a member there. And then, yeah. There we go. You know, so it's like everybody's happy. Awesome. Yep. All right, let's get on to news here. Uh, All right. The first one we have here um, is the FRT being released on the Caltech RDB. Uh, this is not the RFB. This is the RDB. The, the DB is downward ejecting. So the uh, RFB would shoot the shells out the front. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But the RDB uh, dumps them out the bottom. 
And yep. uh, the I've I've seen a couple of things on the 223 model that have been interesting. Uh, one of them, if you're a reloader, it's like the perfect rifle. It dumps all your brass like right in a in a nice little pile at right feet. at your feet. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Really cool. I I have no idea what the price on them is going to be, but uh, mm, yeah, just because of the fact that yeah, we still don't have them in here. We have to look at the exchange rate. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm suspecting it won't be cheap, but it, yeah, yeah. Well, it's somewhere around the fifteen hundred to two grand mark, I, I would imagine. Probably. But yeah. I'm this is speculation, people. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, but it, it's interesting because uh, it's it's going to be non-restricted here in Canada. So uh, yeah, just another uh, another good option if you uh, if you want something that's like hikeable for uh, you know shooting groundhogs or coyotes or uh, or whatever, right? So good well, to see more of those. Fun. It's different. But have you heard anything about any issues with the feeding on it or anything? Not on the RDB. Um, yeah. Any any bullpup. Uh, the issues are always in what happens if uh, if you get a failure, and with the RDB being downward ejecting, uh, it could yep. get a little bit dicey trying to clear a, a malfunction. That's what I heard. But you'll have to get one, then you can do a review on it and let us know. <laughs> Will do. Uh, and right. the next one that's uh, that just coming into country right now is the M17SC. That's the. Uh, it's kind of like um, Armalite took an AR. Oh, it's, I can't even say an AR-15 because the bolt is this three-lug thing. It's kind of like an AR-15, AR-18, three-lug bolt thing. It's like a bullpup AR-15. And uh, they've got a Canadian version that's got the right length of barrel. And uh, they've got the aftermarket stock on them that's aluminum rather than the uh, original uh, stuff. So it's kind of like a... It's kind of been enhanced a little bit. And... Uh, yeah, the prices on them are really reasonable. I think I saw twenty. I want to say twenty two hundred or something like that. Um, yeah, Iron Guns is bringing them in, um, and they're supposed to be decently accurate. So um, that's that would be very different than some of the other uh, bullpup semi auto two two threes that we have in country. They haven't really been like uber accurate. They've been primarily like military firearms. So it would be interesting yep. to get something in that's uh, a little bit more accurate. All right. Uh, the Use next force. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I Did you want to talk we about this talk one? About this or not? Well, the the RCMP were found guilty. Uh, the government sued the government. That's right, people. Uh, and the mm -hmm. judge ruled on Friday that the RCMP were guilty of failing to provide adequate use of force equipment uh, related to the use of. Uh, so it was related to the um, training of the Mounties that were the Moncton Mounties, and it was related to the ones that were killed while trying to stop uh, Justin Burke and back in 2014. I do know that the RCMP were supposed to actually have more rifles or use force rifles uh, after um, uh, an earlier incident, and they were they were never given it. So the judge ruled on Monday, I believe it was Monday. Uh, or sorry, Friday, that uh, yeah, the RCMP were uh, guilty of failing to provide that. So, what's your take providing, on that? They weren't providing proper PPE for their yep. uh, for their uh, employees, right? Then, and their PPE was an AR-15 yep. with uh, with a red dot on it, right? Yep. So basically, yeah. our our 
the police force wasn't uh, given the proper equipment and therefore also the training as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for it. Um, just my, my general outlook on life is that there's, there's people blowing money at all levels of government and, uh, there's probably room in the budget to get a couple of AR, a couple more AR 15s, um, and, and perform that training as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. They they should have uh, AR-15s. I think it's a you know, if if you look into a, a cop car these days, isn't it odd that we that they have shotguns? <laughs> like, yeah, what, what is it that we're doing? Well, it gives you like it's more accurate. It's a it's a long gun. Okay, but we know like uh, the the better long gun is is an AR-15. So uh, you know why aren't we? Um, making changes based on new information. New information is the Air 15s are better, so let's let's use those, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, we can't change the events that happened that day. No. But uh, we can obviously equip our our police forces with firearms so that maybe you know what happened that day doesn't happen again. Or, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean. Yeah. Um, a, a plenty of uh, police officers are ex-military. They already know how to run yep. this equipment. So, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I don't have an All article right. for this next one. I just noticed it, and, and I didn't even think it was really worth talking about too much. But the liberals said that, uh, you know, after um, after this Las Vegas shooting, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, we have a plan for gun control in Canada, and we're going to do something with that plan. But their, mm. their plan that they cited was the platform that they ran on to, to win the election in, uh, in 2015. Which is the same. By and large, well, the same or uh, not different enough to notice what's different? Like, I, I'm, right. I'm really not sure. Um, like, they want to repeal uh, C-42. Okay, I understand yeah. Uh, I don't understand why. It doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> you want to go back to the fax machine instead of doing email. Okay, you, you guys yep. love paperwork. Um, but, uh, you know, the rest of it doesn't really... Like, they could have got, like, done some of the other stuff in the meantime. They could have put more money towards their uh, Guns and Gangs program, but they didn't. And, the problem uh, is they didn't have the money to do it. They didn't live up to the promise this budget because of the fact that they didn't have... Uh, maybe we shouldn't talk about this. It might. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a, a political party campaigned on something that they didn't have the money for that we couldn't have possibly yeah. afforded? That is, and, I am shocked and outraged. <laughs> and quite honestly, it is one of the really good things that they were campaigning on. Let's put some more money into gang, gangs and guns and let's get mm-hmm. some illegal guns off the street, right? Mm-hmm. And that would have had a beneficial effect on everything. That yeah. So I, I didn't have them. Yeah, I, I didn't put an article in here because it's been two years, and they said, "Yeah, we're gonna do something about that platform that we have." It's been two years. There's two more years to another election. I don't know. Like, it's really like flip a coin whether they're gonna really do something. They said we're gonna do something to to get these illegal guns off the streets and make sure to prosecute uh, criminals. And the first thing we're gonna do is repeal C42. And it's like, well, what are you talking about? C42 is for legal gun owners (laughs) so that we didn't have to like call you guys every time we go on to go to, oh, I'm gonna go to this or I'm gonna go to that. Okay, now give me a piece of paper that says I can versus you've given me a license that says, you know, I've qualified for this. You've done background checks on me. Uh, We're good to go, right? So 
Yeah, it's... Well, C42 essentially saved money. Uh, if you repeal it and we have to go back to paper ATTs, it's going to cost us money. So the money that you could actually be spending on, you know, more police forces and border services and catching illegal guns, right, that are doing all of this, they're going to go back to paper. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, and paying for uh, call center employees, which don't really, yeah. like, work computerize this stuff is 2017 computerize this stuff i can't believe even today i i ordered that 1911 and the guy's like yeah okay well now i gotta wait for the transfer notification to get here before i can ship it out to you i'm thinking it's 2017 someone on the other end of the line is moving is like copying and pasting this stuff and typing stuff into a computer that could have been typed into the computer and verified from the beginning this is like ridiculous how backwards work, this system is i work for the government our government is somebody who likes to kill trees just saying <laughs> yeah let me make sure you fax it in can i email actually you know what i can't i can't talk too much the uh the last transfer i did on actually on this clock uh when i called in to do my part of the registration i said yeah can you can you email me the att the the transfer notice uh, when it's done. And they're like, yep. Yeah. And I, and a day later, I got the email transfer notice and like, yep, yeah, you're good to go. It's the transfer notice is here. You get the registration certificate in the mail. So I can't talk too much because that's, we're getting there. We're getting there. Now they just got to yeah, store my email good. on file and just be like, of course, Adriel wants the email. He always wants to do stuff over email. He's under 70 years old. He can use a computer. He'll get the email. We're good to go. <laughs> 70 years old. That's cute. There's lots of 70-year-olds who know who would rather get the email, too. <laughs> they, they would, you know what? You should always have somebody, one person employed, just for the people who would prefer to have paper. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to have that. But We'll yeah, email we, it to a Staples, and the Staples will print it for you. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, that's enough complaining about paperwork. they by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess they would. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Huh. Uh, the uh, sound moderators petition was uh, was just presented in court. Again, I don't have an article for that one because I think you know um, the result of of what happens with those petitions. They get presented and then uh, nothing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nothing but at happens. At least it's on record, right? Yes, yes. We would like we would like to not hurt our hearing all the time. Please, right? <laughs> and then we'll just have to ask again and again and again. And be loud about it. And eventually they'll say, okay, fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, any yeah. other comments on that one? Nope. Just the fact that it was presented. Let's hope it gets noticed at least. I don't think it'll be passed, but. This, hey, this is this is how this stuff works. You can't just like bring a new idea out and, uh, and expect that it passes immediately. You have to campaign for it and push for it and push for it. And eventually it goes well, through. The good thing about this is it was not just gunnies who are, are you know, going for these sound sound, moder- sound modifiers. Um, it's also people who are non-gunnies as well, people who are around the ranges that want it, uh, mm. you know, a little quieter, people mm-hmm. who have people on their land that are, are hunters. Uh, so, you know what? It's not just gunnies that want it. So Yeah, it I mean, if, if the choice is... Uh, a county shutting down a gun range because it's too loud or a county saying, look, times are changing. We've got too many residences around this area. You guys are going suppressors only. 
I take the suppressors only if if that's the only choice, right? I I take the suppressors only, and and uh, we get a suppressors only range. I mean, uh, yeah. it's a two hundred dollar accessory for most guns, and uh, they're kind of cool, and they're it's it's much more enjoyable to shoot, right? Yep, they are very cool, but people, th- mm-hmm. when they think about them, they think about, you know, John Wick going and killing everybody. So that's not really what it's all about. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, let's get into some new gun stuff. Um, all right. So we brought this up two weeks ago, these KSG NRs. Uh, they're like a shortened, the shortened but a not shortened versions of the, KS- <laughs> the KSG. They're kind of, a, kind of a, a weird one for Canada. I can understand them in the States. So in the States, they're shortened. They're a lot more compact. Um, here... Uh, because of our barrel length restrictions, they end up with a long barrel and the tubes are short. So okay, they're interesting. They're out there. Um, I, I saw a bunch of retailers announcing that they're bringing them in, uh, in the last two weeks here. Um, do you say C-R-A-F-M as Crafum? Crafum? C-R-A-F-M? Uh, sure. That's Crafum. The, that's the range slash gun store in Montreal. Yeah. yeah, and they've got some they've got some really cool uh competition stuff and one of those Ew. yeah, one of those competition <laughs> things they have that's really cool is the uh Benelli M2 uh Terran Tactical Custom. It's uh it's a three-gun shotgun to end all three-gun shotguns. Uh but at the price matches uh the that uh, that custom bit and the name brand cuz Terran Tactical is uh is one of the name brands in three-gun. Uh, so this, hey, it says price and it says sold out, I guess. <laughs> so they were 48 44 like 4800 bucks, And it looks wow. like uh, they're sold right out. So you'll have, <laughs> if you're sitting on the fence waiting for one and you're like, I don't know, uh, they are sold out. So you'll have to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, Terran Tactical is is great. So they're, they're the guys that uh, uh, were shooting with... Uh, not John Wick. Uh, who's the actor's name? <laughs> this is terrible. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Oh boy, that yeah. was that was an awful brain fart moment. I know who you were talking about. <laughs> uh, they they had him out shooting three gun, and now they have a Glock package that is the John Wick Glock package. Excellent really? marketing. Really? Yep. Yeah. I gotta go and have a look at that. Just hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> does it come with? Does it come with Keanu Reeves? <laughs> <laughs> he delivers it. <laughs> Okay, I'll yeah. buy three. <laughs> <laughs> pace, pace yourself. <laughs> uh, Wanstalls will have the new Bushnell Engage Tactical series of scopes uh, next week. This is a new uh, series of tactical sto- scopes that uh, Bushnell's coming out with. Uh, so mm. look for those soon. Um, CTC Supplies has a whole pile of Apex stuff coming in. Um, and, and some stuff that I didn't even know what Apex had. Uh, so they've got Apex triggers for the MMP 2.0. So yes, the yep. MMP 2.0's trigger is supposed to be a lot better, but if you still want something that's more custom for competition, they've got that. Uh, they've got drop-in barrels for the MMPs, um, some basic ones, and then some conversion barrels and that kind of thing. They've got triggers for the Walter PPQ, trigger kits for Glocks, and triggers for the Sig P320s. So uh, lots of uh, lots of accessories there, which is I I, I love seeing. Uh, more support for for accessories like that in Canada because that's the stuff that's traditionally kind of hard to find. So um, I'd rather buy it from a Canadian store than buy it from the U.S. and then deal with shipping and customs and yeah, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, Iron Guns is going to have the uh, 
CZPO7 for 500 US dollars. So that's, uh, that's pretty inexpensive for the uh, PO7. So if you're looking for that uh, CZ name brand on a, on a Palmer uh, pistol, there you go. Have you ever shot one before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You like it? Uh, they all, I that, don't know. They all do the same no. thing. They all do the same <laughs> thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, this one's hammer fired. So, so I guess that's a little bit different. Um, yeah, they all do the same thing. All right, fine. Yeah. Have you shot one? No, that's why I asked if you shot one, if uh, you like it. Are you interested in, in buying one? I'm interested in, yeah, I'm interested in something that's a CZ. Mm. But, yeah, hmm. I want to try something different. I've never I've never shot one. I've never held one before. So maybe, eh. hmm. yeah. Yeah. Looking for something different. Uh, the next one here, North Pro Sports has the Browning X-Bolt Eclipses in 6.5 Creedmoor. Man, I'm seeing that thing showing up all over the place now. The, yep. the, uh, the retailers have definitely heard, <laughs> and they're uh, definitely offering a lot more guns in 6.5 Creedmoor. So good yep. to see those. That's going for uh, 1200 bucks. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. I mean, the, the regular X-Bolts uh, rewind a couple of years here. We're right around that $1,000 mark, too. So this is a nicer one with a, a nicer thumbhole stock and uh, in, a, in a great uh, caliber. Uh, the next one we have here is the uh, just an update from Delask on their uh, 22. They've got that, uh, that 22 that they're working on uh, that's uh, similar to a 1022, but not quite the same. Yeah. Yes. And uh, they've got one over to the RCMP that uh, is uh, going to try to get an FRT for it. So it'll t- it might take a little while, but uh, yeah, should be very interesting. Because once they have that approved, then we're going to have a, a 1022 again that can take 25 rounds again. <laughs> yeah. So they were just talking about the fact that they just received the prototype for the 3D printed magazine. It looks mm-hmm. it looks like a banana clip. It does look like a banana clip. That so that'll be the the 3D printed on a 22. one. Yeah. Yep. So they'll uh, I don't know if they're going to go plastic or if they're going to go I'd, I'd imagine they'll go plastic when they uh, when they build the magazines for these. So very interesting. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. All right. Uh why don't we move on to our main topic? Welcome to the show, Jay and David. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> that first one was David, the second one was Jay. <laughs> Anyways, um, so this is our episode 226, and uh, uh, Trevor couldn't make it today, and I don't, Kelly, do you have a lot of experience on SIGs? Uh, boyfriend experience, that's about it. Boyfriend I experience never on owned one. We're like not the people to talk about six, so we had to get some guys on to talk about six. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, just maybe just to kind of kick things off, um, the, I think the the thing that most people have heard about on the SIGs recently here is the drop that uh, that can potentially cause errors issues with it. So have you guys uh, have you guys heard anything about those drops that uh, that, you, that you can apparently the, the gun can go off if you drop it? I don't know. Let's check. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of a sig dropping. Nope, didn't go off. Didn't go off. <laughs> yeah, good. If I own a sig P320, uh, not the compact model, not the X5 model, just the bone stock sig P320 that I purchased secondhand off of CGN, mm-hmm. and 
Uh, I have put a couple of hundred rounds through it, and I like it. Uh, I haven't dropped it, and I haven't dropped it uh, and gotten it to go off. So yeah, Zig, mm-hmm. uh, fun. So you're 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 you've got a couple hundred rounds on it. So you're kind of a new user on the the Sig platform. What drew you to the platform? Why did you, why did you choose to go to it as uh, uh, someone who's new to the platform? Uh, this is actually my first nine millimeter. Uh, I oh. am a revolver guy. Uh, three fifty seven, forty four, thirty eight special, forty four special, and I had won it. Uh, a nine mil because Atrial doesn't shut up about three gun and I want to try that. <laughs> uh, I want to try three gun and I figure that this was a good entry because it actually fits my hand. I have uh, gone to the store and uh, played around with a couple and uh, I was very happy with the way that the SIG 320 fit my hand. Uh, and should I want to, it also offers the availability of uh, different grip modules. Uh, for those of you that don't know the SIG P320, you can literally rip its guts out, and all you got is a plastic shell, and you can just get a smaller one if you have somebody with smaller hands, like a fiancé. <laughs> this sounds personal to you. <laughs> so you're, yeah. are, are you looking at maybe getting that uh, that smaller grip module as uh, uh, a way of like flexing in between you and the fiancé, or is this... Uh... The, the thing is like 60 bucks, so it's like buying an extra mag, so why not? Huh. Yeah, yeah that's really yeah. reasonable. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, because like, the thing with the, the 320 is uh, all the, the actual firearm part is is all the, actually the internals of that. So that new frame, uh, the slide, everything else about that pistol is, uh, is, is not classified as the firearm. Yep. So right. that's, that's one cool thing about it. I know... Uh, Brian, uh, my other co-host from Modern Rifleman Radio, he is a P320 lover. Uh, he has a couple of the different options put on uh, with his different grip modules, the subcompact module, a few of the other things. Uh, it's a pretty versatile system that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he loves his, and I know that Kevin's tried out his pistol, and he loves it as well. I haven't had a chance to try it. Um, it's available in the 40, millim- uh, 40 millimeter as well, so... 40 cal? I would like a yeah, 40 did cal. Why did I say <laughs> 40 millimeter would be something. <laughs> that would be huge. Um, Firing out cal. 40 mic mics out of a handgun. That'd yeah. be all right. Yeah. But <laughs> it's available in non-girl calibers, as Trevor would like to say. Uh, so, yeah. It, you guys, what is your thoughts on the whole drop thing, though? Not me? Yeah. Jay. Uh... Honestly, to be to, to be totally honest, I think those are the perfect storm kind of situations. Um, honestly, not something us as Canadians, <laughs> civilian Canadians, will be uh, too much would bug us. You know what? Uh, I can try and hard to find the words to describe it. It wouldn't bug us, civilian shooters, in my opinion. Um, too, too much. Um, if professionals and people like that are carrying, or especially our friends of the South or anybody that has an ATC or whatever in our country, um, you could... People. Yeah, exactly. All 200 of them. Um, if you drop that thing loaded, it was a certain angle, apparently. Uh, it is, that, I think, seven degrees off the back axis, leaning the tip back. Exactly. So, like, you got to have the perfect storm of a situation for that to drop and for that to do that. 
my personal opinion, I wouldn't care if I had a hundred of them on the same line as me locked and ready to roll. Um, I, I understand that Murphy comes into play and things, things do happen, but again, the perfect storm of everything, like, it's not like it's, Oh geez, it slipped out of my hand. Everybody run. Um, <laughs> that, that is a possibility. Uh, let's, let's face it uh, for the majority of us shooters, it's not going to be that that situation is not going to happen. Um, again, Sig Sig has had their upgrades and everything like that, and called it as a recall. So, in all honesty, like that's it's going to get covered, and everything's going to be looked. It's going to get looked after properly. Um, to me, okay. it's not that big of an issue. Moot point in a lot of ways. Yep. I imagine like everybody's done tests and everything like that. Um, with dropping pistols and everything, I'm sure that as soon as those things came out, there's people throwing around Glocks and MMPs and any other kind of striker fire pistols around everywhere too. But I, I, really I was hitting don't, all mine with a rubber hammer. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, for sure. For sure. I, yeah, it's hard to say. I can't say that I didn't do such a thing either. But um, you know, it is what it is. Um, it, it's, it was a problem. It was kind of known problem. They've they've come now that it's come to their attention. They are rectifying the situation. So good for Sig in a lot of ways. Uh, I should mention, I have gone through the process of talking or finding out how to get this upgrade, quote-unquote, done here in Canada. Uh, I found the Canadian distributor for SIG, who, upon the news breaking of the issue, um, made it known that they were the people in charge of the recall, but that there was nothing set up in place. And it took about three or four weeks after the initial news to break for the Canadian uh, course of action to be established. And all we have to do as Canadians, if you own a SIG P320, is go to the SIG website, dig through all their uh, pages, find the one with the uh, recall notice in there, and you have to submit it in the page for law enforcement. Uh, actually, uh, you don't okay. go through the civilian sick recall page. You have to go through the law enforcement page. Uh, it's it's in the description of the page that this page is for obviously law enforcement, security agencies, blah 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 blah, and Canadian customers. Uh, one thing of note, however, is when I completed my uh, submission form, I didn't get anything from Sig. Uh, I didn't know if the page. If the submission was completed, if they got my information, nothing. And uh, the distributor uh, in Canada uh, says that once they know what's going to happen, then they will update us. And that SIG would be the one contacting the uh, people that have made the, uh, the request to have their firearms upgraded. Because that is how SIG has chosen to go about this recall business. They're not calling it a malfunction. Uh, they're calling it a voluntary trigger upgrade involving the replacement of approximately three parts in the firing mechanism, a lighter trigger, the sear, and something else. They're changing. Mm-hmm. There you go. Dropping the sick now! <laughs> <laughs> I like the pacing you've got there. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll drop on. some knowledge bombs on you, and then we're going to drop the gun. <laughs> should have yelled signate out that's what it is <laughs> yeah i mean if, if if the internet's got anything to say about this uh these are extremely dangerous basically if you want to take out an enemy, enemy position just uh like throw, don't throw if you're out of grenades just throw your sick <laughs> yeah yeah 
Use it as a boomerang. (laughs) I should say, however, it's got a sweet trigger. That's another thing that made me choose this one. I I despise striker fire uh, triggers. I'm sorry if somebody's a big fan of them. I am a trigger queen coming from the revolver world. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, this one is just uh, nice. And, you know, there's a little take up, but there is really no mushiness, no creep, no nothing. You just put pressure on it and bang, it goes. I would hmm. say it's maybe like a six-pound trigger, maybe. And I like it. Yeah. Well, it'll it'll make you happy to know that I'm not just on striker fires anymore, and I'm I am going to uh, pick up a a 1911 as well. Israel, <laughs> 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 what what what's what caliber though? Is it in is it in 45 manstopper? <laughs> no, it's in uh, nine mil. <laughs> Oh, oh! You, you, does everybody hear that? I'm not sure if uh, the listeners can hear that, but that's the corpse of John Moses Browning spinning in its grave. <laughs> uh, I wanted so here's here's what's going to be interesting. I'm taking this like I'm taking a a very different approach, two approaches at the same time to how to make like a gamer three gun pistol. I'm doing a, a Glock 34 with all the mods on it, and I'm going to do a 1911 in nine millimeter single stack. With all the mods on it, they're both ten round mags, uh, and I, I'm kind of curious to see which one's going to be the quote unquote better pistol for three gun. I would like to interject that I think you went about the wrong way. You could have saved the money of purchasing these two handguns and just gotten a uh, you know Shadow Two. <laughs> yeah, I could have, or a Sig P320. No, 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 because you know what? You know what? This was what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Oh, sorry. First, uh, it didn't go off. Uh. <laughs> You're safe. You're good. Yeah. yeah. No, that's funny. Uh, Jay, there what's... Is not, my, my honest opinion, Adriel, like, you're probably not going to see too much of a difference, honestly. Um, you're going to shoot the gun that better that's better suited and fitted for yourself. Triggers and all the fancy stuff, my personal opinion, yes, there there is stuff that needs to happen on, on certain things, but... Uh, you have good fundamentals. You're going to shoot anything well. Yeah, I mean the the trigger on my. I mean, so I, I had been shooting an FNS nine, and that was fine. But uh, I don't know. I just yep. wanted to try some other yeah, stuff. Great pistol. I actually yeah. shot Trevor's. Uh, Trevor's. Uh, I think when we were doing Tom Nelson's course way back when, and I was uh, very surprised at the accuracy and yeah. the way that pistol was built. A very fine pistol. Yeah. So Jay, what what what's your experience been with the uh, the Sig pistol platforms? Mostly, uh, a lot of it, I had a 226 way back when I first started shooting. Great gun, um, used by, oh, countless agencies and countless people uh, around the world for various things. Um, it was a great gun. It was heavy, uh, double action, single action, obviously. So, decocker, the whole nine yards, fully jam model. Um, it was good. I only honestly sold it to, to pave the way. I started shooting striker-fired pistols and kind of fell in love with those, uh, especially that light first trigger pull for coming out of the holster and everything for gaming. Um, that's where I kind of, I've had, uh, what did I have? I've shot a, a friend is a SIG nut. I have a, he's got a 225, 229s, um, the 220s, all kinds of cool things. Uh, they are very well-built pistols, um, but they're just not really my bag. Um, 
you know, I like I personally myself, I'm an M and P fanboy. Say what you want about it, but I have um, I really like those. The where they fit me, they shoot good, well for me. So I never really look back. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So that's the way we went with that. Yep. Yeah, I had a had an M and P before, but so so what's the allure on the on the Sig platform then, uh, Jay? So you're you're saying that you're running the M and P because you like the uh, you like that light first uh, trigger pull, but uh, um, you know. that depends on who you're talking to. That wasn't necessarily light the first oh, 10,000 rounds or so that I put through it. <laughs> um, it. They are gritty. They do. There's a, an interesting break. There's a, you know, every single striker fire pistol I fired has its, it has its quirks. The MMP's trigger was really my this is in the first generation as well not the 2.0 because i recently bought one of those as well but we can get on to that later um it, it the carbon and all the gunpowder and everything and all the residue and everything like that gets creeps into spots it smooths everything out um i was always one taught just shoot it how you got it uh use what you have um that particular mp i still have it it's been outfitted now with uh, a stippling job and a couple of other cool things um it has close to fifty thousand rounds through it. Um, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't had. I've owned it, I've owned it a lot, or for like I say, it was one of the original imports into Canada when that platform first came out. Um, I've used it, abused it, beat on it, you know, left it out wherever. Rain, sleet, snow, it's been in the holster. It's done its thing. Uh, recently, last summer, I put on a new set of sights because they were starting to wear out, like wear off. Um, I've done, like I say, I have fell in love. I have a friend that does stippling kind of on the side. We were at his house while waiting for a competition one time. He's like, let me stipple that for you. I'm going to undercut the trigger and I'm going to do this. So he double undercut the trigger, stippled it, and I fell in love with it once again. Um, the allure of everything else to everybody is if it fits you right, uh, if you like the pistol, you are going to shoot the gun better. I don't care what anybody says. Um you're going to mod it how you want it. You're going to put what you like on it. And if it just, you know, you, you'll know what, what I mean. If you ra- take it up, you raise it up at a gun store, you like it. Oh man, you know, this is right. Um, and then you're going to just, you're going to shoot it well from there. That's, that's my, uh, that's my opinion on any gun. I mean, um, I'm, I've, <laughs> uh, there's a couple of guns, even on all different rounds of platforms that I've shot and had and owned and got rid of them. And, uh, you know, just, I don't like it or, these are supposed to be the be all end all. Yeah, well, not for me. You know, mm-hmm. the, it's up. It's up for sale. So that's my personal opinion on anything. You, if you like it, you're gonna you're gonna take the time and you're gonna shoot it well. Huh? Yeah, I can't imagine what the magwell looks like on that MMP with fifty thousand rounds through. It's probably mangled right up. Yeah, it's it's in decent shape. We'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> anything break on them? Uh, uh, I think it was just really starting to get worn out. I mean, I take. Oof, exquisite care of my like pistols um all my guns really uh the only thing i've ever had to do wrong with it i've replaced one a couple of springs on the internal side the striker block and everything was was all good with this one i know that some people had issues with the striker blocks and was maybe a lot of the top end of the pistols but this one seemed to hold up and you know fifty thousand rounds doesn't lie really it's probably closer to 45 or 47 but that's still a, a ton of them Oh, only forty-seven thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of money went burnt up in smoke and lead downrange with that thing. But you know, I was uh, before my daughter was born, and a couple other things happened in my life. 
I was uh, at the range almost all the time in my in the free time. So like I sent a lot of lead down range with that thing and fell in love. So I bought the 2.0. It it only maybe has three or four hundred rounds through because I just keep going back to the original one. I know how it's going to shoot. I've developed a. I better have a load for it by now. So that's just always seems to be my go-to. Hmm. How's the uh, how's the trigger on that uh, 2.0? Is it a lot better than the original? Because I know, like I had an original MMP and I put a few thousand rounds through it and uh, yep. I ended up replacing the trigger with an Apex trigger, which made a substantial difference. But uh, yeah, yeah the, the, so the original, like yeah, one of the complaints with the original MMP trigger was that it was gritty, it was mashy. There was no real audible reset or uh, reset you could feel when it came back into um, came back into you know up on itself. Um, I was accused one time of uh, at an IDPA match in Canant way back when of just I get a feel for it through dry fire and everything like that that I, there was already work done to it. Why am I shooting a stock service pistol? And I was like, well, you're more than welcome to measure it or, or tear it down and look at it, but it was all stock. Um, the, the one on the 2.0, it's uh, the reset is a lot closer. I wouldn't say it's uh, Apex, like the Apex rapid assist mechanism to get it uh, back in on the reset. It is not as uh, quick as that, but it's much quicker than the original MMP trigger. Um, the pull is an MMP pull, a little bit lighter, but you know it, it was a, it was a good. It, it's a lot better than the original, I would say. Uh, fun story about the original. I once met a gentleman at the range with an original MNP9, and I picked it up because he said, oh, try it out, and I thought it was broken. Uh, I have never felt a heavier trigger on a handgun, although I've <laughs> really? been told yeah, I've been told that, uh, that the Tokarev revolvers are pretty bad. I'm not saying this is Tokarev bad, but when I picked up that gun and I tried to uh, shoot it, I thought that the safety was on, and then I realized, oh, wait, this is just a Glock clone. There is no safety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, what was described to me when I picked it up uh, at the gun store. The guy at the, the counter brought it out said, yeah, it's the top end of a SIG and the bottom end of a Glock. That's what he explained <laughs> it to me, and I'm like, yeah, okay, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, any other thoughts on the uh, on the SIG platform, guys? Uh, get a three twenty six. I mean a two twenty six. Two two six. Yeah, two two six. That's Kevin's favorite gun. It really is, and I sh- yeah. I shoot his all the time. And it's the one I'm as- I'm actually the most accurate with as well. So I don't know. Is two two six or is two fifty, Cal? No, it's two two six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is a uh, there is a very simple uh, trigger job that you can do on it, and I think it's called the short reset kit that yes, makes yep. the single action pull on it uh, absurd. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, like I say, I have no issues with any of the SIG line. It's just they're not really my cup of tea for, you know, it, for what they are. Um, I find the 320 myself with the high bore axis and everything like that, uh, it is very flipperous. And some, some people would not like the way I said that. The flipperosity is real. No, I agree with you. Actually, I agree with you. Uh, a, a buddy of mine uh, just took mine out for a spin uh, last weekend. He shoots regularly at Walter PPX, and he yep. mentioned that, uh, boy, does that 320 shoot high. And I was like, does it? And he said, oh, yeah. It's uh, it's substantially different from my PPX. 
Uh, I don't know how I think EX shoots because I've only had a couple of mags through it and I can't make a you know judgment call on two or three mags through a gun. Uh, but mine does, my, my 320 does seem to, you know, you use them to have one hold a little lower than uh, what I would expect. Especially, I was shooting at a uh, steel, I mean, yeah, a steel target at 25 yards with it and I was, I felt like I was holding it below the, uh, the steel hanging at 25 yards and hitting the steel and when I held you know proper side alignment with the steel target uh, on top of the notch and post uh, yep. I was I was hitting the uh, the wood that the steel target was hanging off of huh, so interesting I, well, I don't know how the sights look on those if they're a three dot or uh, it's a three dot it's it's your run-of-the-mill three dot hmm. yeah well, like, because like a run of like the the Glock three dot is is a bit weird in its sighting uh, picture as well because that the front dot is just a little bit different, um, so it uh, it's a bit weird to shoot too. Um, I'm just wondering if the 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 P three twenty has the same kind of thing going. I'm not. I'm no. I'm no expert on handguns. Uh, I've only used revolvers and Smith and Wesson revolvers at that. Yeah, I'm pretty snobby. Sorry. <laughs> They are. They do have like there are different heights to them all, Adriel. Like uh, Glock stock sight height and everybody else. They are. There are a little bit of um, little differences in between mm-hmm. every single one of them. I know um, uh, the the M&P height is a little bit different than the Sig height, and you know it's not. You know there is a bunch of a little than their their dots, the way they're designed and the way you line them up and everything. You know um, they are uh, combat type sight right so they are they're the notch and post yep. is a lot wider um yep. there's not really that much refinement where you can see air for you know or you know yeah i, I call it air but you can see light between the post and the notch itself mm-hmm. um you know there, there, there are a bunch of differences so that, as anything so whether or not that has something to play a part with the way you hold or way um, your stand, you know, your grip or anything like that is like it all. It all could very well play a part in in how you shoot. Yeah, or whether it's a like uh, more of a six o'clock hold than a right exactly. on the dot yeah. hold kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, exactly. that's all. I, I would say it's a six o'clock hold on the three twenty, mm-hmm. but that's just me. How do you find the recoil on it? Do you find it a lot snappier than any of the conventional uh, strike and fire pistols? Well, this being my first nine, I can't make a judgment on that uh however i would like to say i do shoot 44 magnum and i shoot 44 magnum home loads and yep. uh they're loud loads loud yep. uh, <laughs> oh yeah uh, i yep. load h110 into them on 240 grain slugs yep. so, uh it's a nine millimeter so if you know how to shoot a nine millimeter i don't foresee anybody having any sort of issue uh shooting a 320 uh it, it is Flippy. I think I agree with what you said before. Uh, watching uh, other nine millimeters like a Glock, and you know, I'm talking about maybe putting a couple of Max through a Glock, a couple of Max through that three, uh, that Walter PPX, and then this 320. It does, uh, it does seem to recoil uh, and send that muscle. Yeah, the recoil, the the impulse is different. Is is yeah. what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, the recoil impulse, the way it comes, the way the pistol reacts after the triggers, the, or, you know, the triggers depressed. I, that was one of my biggest things with it. You know, shooting Brian's 320 quite a bit, and he's got the flat, the apex flat trigger on his, and a couple other things done to his. I found it that it was. I mean, I have 
bear paws for hands and my grip is not exactly you know not a weak individual i'd like to think especially when it comes to grip on a pistol like how much we shot but i noticeably felt a, quite a bit of difference in shooting brian's um p320 from yep. the, the other striker fire pistols i've ever shot before yeah i wouldn't say it's radical but it does feel different yeah it, it's like yeah it's not radical like you say it's not full house 44 magnums or, or 50 you know action expressed or anything like even even have 357s for the most part there there is quite a difference in recoil but um you're honestly talking about you're using a full frame uh a, a full steel you know re revolver frame so there's a little bit of difference in weight and everything as well too for recoil impulse like i'd hate to shoot 44 magnum out of a polymer a bottom polymer bottom pistol um i think that would be cool but it would be crazy too <laughs> that'd be a <laughs> yeah. lot of recoil impulse coming through you yeah a lot of flip yeah, tons of flip. Awesome. Well, I wanted to uh, I wanted to thank you guys again for for coming on and uh, and talking Sig in <laughs> kind of a last minute because uh, we uh, we didn't have anyone to talk Sig with us. So <laughs> again, thanks. Is there anything you guys wanted to plug before uh, before we let you go? Uh, every second Wednesday, uh, if you go on Reddit slash R slash Canada Guns, we have a talk show format video live stream thing and if you like to listen to a couple of people talk about what they've been up to gun wise uh, come check out the Canada Guns talk show that's the name of the YouTube channel too great yeah um, I'm over on Modern Rifleman Radio uh, as a co-host often um, <laughs> I haven't been on as much as I should be but uh, yeah, give us a listen over there. We have a giveaway right now going on for a Matador Arms Stinger Muzzle Brake, the Mark II. Um, so get over there, like our page, follow what's going on there, and get a chance to win you one of those. Awesome. Well, again, thanks uh, to both of you for uh, coming on to the show. Yeah, no thanks. problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I just wanted to say thanks again to, uh, to those guys for coming on because, uh, man, we needed some people to talk about SIGs. Can't let yep. episode two two six get by us. <laughs> no, we did that with two two three. So yeah, yeah. we have to do something. Let's All right. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we? Uh, right. Why don't we get on to listener feedback? Uh, Kelly, did you want to take this first one from Craig? Sure. It says, "Hey guys, I recently pur purchased my first nineteen eleven. I decided on an awesome Les Bear. Is Bear or Bar? How do you pronounce Bauer? that? Les Bauer? Les Bear? Bar." Air. Gonna have people yelling uh, at their radio right now. They're going, it's bear. <laughs> okay, he bought a less bear. All I know is that a less bear is a, a very expensive and a very nice 1911. So congratulations to Craig. All right. Uh, so he said, I decided on an awesome less bear to be my one 1911. The first day, the next day, I got a deal at on a Trojan. I couldn't turn down, so now I have two. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> That's quick. Go from yeah. zero to two. <laughs> zero to two. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like Trevor. Anyways, uh, these things are fantastic. I shot an NAR, NRA competition with the Les Bear, and my son used the Trojan, and we had a great time. My Glock trigger is uh, hot garbage compared to these things. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I haven't had a single malfunction with either of them yet, and I was hoping you could give me some advice on maintaining the 1911 platform. Thanks, Craig. And... Keep it clean, yeah. keep it oiled, and 
I don't know. I mean, if there's if they're not malfunctioning, I guess you don't have to do too much. Um, yeah. But uh, there are like recoil springs and uh, extractor tension are things that you need to watch for. So extra parts because when yeah. they go, they go in the middle of a competition too. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do not like. I saw one that had maybe a hundred rounds in it start to malfunction because it was too dirty. With a hundred rounds, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so really? it it depends very much on the 1911. Some of them are very tight tolerance, and uh, any kind of uh, gumming up in the action, and they start to not like it. Uh, but then again, there's, there's lots of other ones out there that are fantastic that just will not quit. Um, and it sounds like, uh, Craig got a couple of them cause, uh, yep. yeah, no failures. That's awesome. Awesome. Do you want to take Spencer? I'll take I'm Spencer's. Gonna go, I'm going to go get a drink and a piece of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> hey guys, uh, been a really long time since I had the chance to write in, but the last couple of shows had topics I wanted to mention. The first was about the CZ Scorpion Evo. I have no idea how things work in Canada, but here in the US, they brought in the pistol version first because of our stupid 922R import rules that forbid the importation of quote-unquote assault weapons. About a year later, when they could get the US parts count up, they started bringing in the carbines. So for our listeners who don't know about 922, uh, with foreign, with some foreign guns that they bring into the U.S., what they have to do is replace a certain number of parts in them with U.S.-made parts, and then they're okay. That magically, like, okay, now it's okay that you're getting this thing. It's, it's a, it's a really weird rule. Um, and what? It, well, it, it's kind of neat because what it ends up doing is making like a cottage industry in the U.S. of uh, manufacturers who make. Uh, parts for guns that people want to bring in and, and want to start using. So uh, very interesting. Uh, I know that they have uh, 10 round mags available for them in the States that have limited capacity magazine laws and the ATF definitely considers them pistols. So it seems like they should be good to go with the RCMP, but Hey, what do I know? And what is, what do they know as well? Uh, I ended up buying one of the carbines last spring uh, when those were able to be imported. I got the one with the fake suppressor on it just because that what, what that was what was available. But it actually looks really cool. The carbine is really fun to shoot, and everyone who's tried it really likes it. It function f- functions flawlessly, and even with just an older Seymour red dot sight as its sight, it's surprisingly accurate out to 100 yards or so. The only downside of the Evo is that the right side safety lever is really annoying. When it's in the on position, it rides the bottom joint of your thumb mercilessly. This was the biggest gripe about the pistol version, and for some reason, CZ didn't fix it with the carbine. The good news is that you can get replacement levers with much better ergonomics, and they change out just by loosening a set screw. I put on HB Industries AK-style lever and never looked back. I will be selling the carbine soon, though, since they have a pistol version now with the same kind of suppressor-friendly front handguard as the carbine. It has an 8-inch barrel that comes with a linear compensator, but uses the standard 1 half inch by 28 threading that will work with any 9mm suppressor. 
while I'm waiting for my SBR stamp to come back so I can put the carbine's folding stock on it, I can legally use the SB Tactical Brace and just thread my 9mm can right on it. I don't know if you guys can have fake suppressors, but if not, the regular carbine has a version with a regular 16.2 inch barrel, which if I remember right would make it non-restricted. Actually, we need 18 inches. Um, and, uh, we can have fake suppressors. You can have like a barrel, they call them a barrel shroud. The second thing I wanted to mention was your gun storage and rust topic last week. I've got a fair collection going and there are quite a few guns that I've put into long-term storage as collectibles. One product I'm testing on some of the higher mileage guns is a spray called Bow Shield T9. It was developed by Boeing Aircraft to keep tooling and parts rust-free during storage and shipping. They say it won't harm plastic, paint, rubber, or vinyl, but they don't mention wood, so I've only used it on some all-metal guns to date. Uh, for everything else, I've been using a saran wrap-like product that's very similar to the VCI paper new guns are shipping with, sometimes along with the VCI paper as well. I'll generally clean the gun and give it a very light coat of oil. Then I'll completely wrap it in this VCI cling wrap, sometimes with VCI paper uh, wrapped around the all metal parts like the receiver and barrels. Then I'll put it in a good quality silicone impregnated gun sock as padding and store it in my long-term safe. Uh, by the way, don't buy the cheap Chinese gun socks. They may save a few bucks, but they don't really have the silicone in them and they will wa uh, wick water to your gun like a sponge. Uh, I find this wrap for a very reasonable price on Amazon and so far it's worked great. I have guns that I've stored like this for two to three years now and they are just as rust free as when I put them away. Here in Atlanta, we have 90% humidity for most of the year and even though we run AC most of the time, which helps dry out the air, it's still a nightmare for rust if you aren't careful. I was able to get a 500 yard by five inch wide roll of this wrap on Amazon for about 20 bucks US. So if you hunt around, it's pretty affordable. The VCI paper is also pretty easy to find at a good price. And if you seal it up in a Ziploc bag, it will last almost forever until you start using it. Great show as always, and keep up the great work. Spencer from Smyrna. P.S. It's carbine like magazine. Carbine like magazine? Carbine like magazine? <laughs> <laughs> I almost got it wrong there. <laughs> uh, they are both words imported into English from the French and have, this, and have the same pronunciation. If you want a really interesting podcast on English, you should check out The History of English. At least some of you guys seem to enjoy getting into grammatical tizzies about words and pronunciation, and this podcast is kind of fascinating in a very nerdy way. In fact, there's a whole section on why some folks say Z and others say Z, and it turns out there were two other pronunciations that were used in England but never made it over to the New World. Here in the U.S., people in the South typically came from Z areas, while the folks in New England came from the more Dutch-influenced Z part of England. Hmm. When Connecticut-born Noah Webster wrote his famous, dic famous dictionary, he preferred his native Z pronunciation and set the standard for U.S. speakers and all other right-minded people. Anyway, if you're interested in how English became English, it's a really good podcast. Enough said. 
Uh, yeah. It's, okay. <laughs> well, it's really interesting how like language evolves, right? And uh, yes. different areas start to use different uh, different pronunciations, and all of a sudden, right. everyone starts using it. And yeah, that's uh, yeah, kind of how that happens over time. Weird. But we're right because we're English. <laughs> British English is better than American English. I'm just saying it. Oh, man, I was so self-conscious as, more, as I was reading that. I'm like, am I butchering it right now? Which one am I using? I'm so confused. No, Carbine, magazine. Oh, no. I know he's going to talk about it later. <laughs> you did really well. Uh, all right. Did you want to take this one from uh, Matthew? Matthew. Greetings once again, Slamfire Crew. I wrote once before with a simple thank you for a great podcast, but I have a question this week. I'm an American freshman in college and former amateur USPSA competitor, as well as a history nut and an avid com- uh, collector of Millsurp. Please don't hold that against me. Well, Trevor won't because he's also an avid uh, collector of Millsurps now. Yeah, okay. I have an assignment for my writing and inquiry class, and it requires me to write about a discourse community. I have chosen three gun and wanted to ask if any of you have experience with this community and be willing to do an interview with me by email or whatever works so uh, that I have a primary source for, from someone in the community for the essay. Thank you. Thank you for any response. Sincerely, Matthew. I think that's your, uh, yeah. That's my bag. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Yes, we do have somebody. His name is Adriel. Have you checked out uh, three gun.ca? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Matthew, if you want to uh, do an interview, I guess I guess I'll email you uh, right after the show is done here. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the next one is from Totally Not the RCMP. Totally. <laughs> Hi, Slam for our Radio. This is an anonymous email address due to reasons I won't get into, but I've met all of you with the exception of Kelly, although I've chatted with all of you via Skype. A couple clues as to my identity. Matthew says I smell different in the morning than I do at nighttime. Trevor says I make him drink all the scotch and stay up too late, but a drunken stupor did tell me I seem like a pretty cool guy. You seem all right too, Trevor. Adriel is a great pet guy to pal around with and has been to my house. Kelly seems to be the only one that remembers whether or not the rest of you have ever met me, even though she herself has not. Anyways, I enjoyed the last podcast, but you missed out on one of the best firearm preservation methods I have ever dreamed up. <laughs> Please see the attached diagrams. This method works exceptionally well, and the gauge is a kind of a self-test to ensure that the system has not been contaminated with oxygen, if that gives you any clues as to how complicated this is. Pro tip, if you don't have a post hole auger, an ice auger on wet dirt will do in a pinch. It's hell on your blades, though. (laughs) Pro Pro, Pro tip, if your wife catches you with her vacuum sealer on an SKS, it may end poorly. You have been warned. (laughs) <laughs> totally yeah. not the RCMP. I <laughs> wonder who it is. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, I'll throw those images onto the uh, onto the show I think page. You have to. Yeah, they're yeah. very detailed. And if you're they ever are. looking at uh, long-term storage options uh, for your firearm, safely storing your firearm. Uh, well, I was looking at it. It's not just firearms that you can store in there. Nope. Other stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. You can. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You want to take the next one from Tony? 
Sure. Hey, guys, I was listening to episode 220, where Trevor was talking about his gun room and his dilemma for slapboards hook uh, prices. I might recommend looking into 3D printing for your hooks. As a new owner of a 3D printer myself, I've been seeking out new projects to print. I'd be happy to print some up for you uh, to test out and try if Adriel hasn't already suggested it and or printed you some. Let me know if any of these look like they will fit your board. And that's from Tony. Hmm. No, Tony, I'm uh, I'm just not as considerate a person as you, so uh, I think you're the first you person to break that up. <laughs> you're, you're pretty considerate. I didn't think about 3D printing Trevor any hooks for his boards. It didn't even no. cross my mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll get you in contact with Trevor if uh, yeah if he's still looking for some hooks. Mm, I think he still is. Is he? Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe I think he said filthy. Set him up with some too. So, well, if you three D print him, you can do whatever you want to. You could three D print like a trigger lock into it, or you could three D print like some hook that works with uh, wooden buttstocks instead of like that like too tight hook, right? So, you can kind yeah. of do whatever you want to with them. Hmm. You, yeah, you just need the you know the program. So yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. I'll take uh, this next one here from Filthy. Speaking of Filthy. <laughs> Hi, Slamfire crew. Long time clone trooper. First time <laughs> three gun champion. Filthy here. Even while I was crushing it at the three gun earlier this month, something was troubling me. And now after hearing Ginger Snaps email the show last episode, I realize what it is. James is a blanking Wookiee. It all makes sense to me. Uh, now, after watching him shambling around the stages, smacking his freakishly large head over the, uh, off the top of every doorway, and his poor command of the English language, what the heck does Goonie Goo Goo even mean? <laughs> he even tried to sabotage me on two stages once by distracting me during a stage descri descri description by talking about how kick-butt Lord Vader is in the, in the latest Hollywood smear campaign on the Empire. Then when my main rifle decided to part with the split pin holding the, my bolt release, he forced me to use his fancy lightweight carbine with a stupid ACOG with a dinky red dot on top. So I could either use a fixed four power magnification optic on a CQB stage or a red dot that had a six inch height over bore issue. Thanks for nothing, Wookie. Trevor, he may have rage quit the match in Nova Scotia, but that doesn't mean he hasn't ruled out ripping off one of your arms. Be careful. The Empire rocks filthy. I don't know what most of this means, but I hope that uh, <laughs> that means something to Trevor and some of the other listeners. Well, I'm sure it does, but uh, yeah. Goonie Goo Goo. Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, Eddie Murphy's Delirious? Uh, Yeah. Then you know what Goonie Goo come, comes from. Mm. <laughs> but I, I haven't met James Burke yet. I'm, mm. I'm missing out. I want like. to. Yeah, yeah. If you'd like to send the uh, e show an email, send that email to slamfireradio at gmail dot com. Mm -hmm. We've got two iTunes reviews. Uh, did you want to take this first one here? Uh, sure. So this one is from not so slow 69. <laughs> it says Trevor the Gray. That's the title of it. The review is Ginger Snap writes emails and there's just and there's just like Trevor's second finish. Sorry. 
No, that's not right. Second, Trevor's second place finish is not good enough. Adriel, Matt, and Kelly uh, make the show. The other guy is dead to me. Very informative. Uh, What's new in guns is a bonus and keeps us up to date on the latest news. With fly-by-night reporting, don't ask any hard-hitting questions. You might get not the answer that uh, these droids were looking for. Highly recommended podcast with the best listener uh, and just don't ask for a, for a favor. I just totally ruined that. So, <laughs> just don't ask for a favor. Yes. All right. Thank you. Not so slow. Sixty nine. All right. The next one we have here is "Can't Draw Worth Squat" from Canada. The title is "Best Gun Podcast Review." Love to listen to Frosty, Lady Maple Seed, The Warning Shot, and Fur Latte shooting the breeze about guns every week. Listening to this podcast will truly bring you into the Canadian gun community. That's nice. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to leave us a review, go on over to iTunes and uh, find the show, slamfireradio.com, and give us a review. Sweet. Do you have any shout-outs, Kelly? Yeah, I'm going to say hello and shout-out to all of everybody that went to the Maple Seed in New Brunswick on the weekend, especially to Filthy for hosting us. It was amazing uh, to Mark uh, for, sorry, Mike uh, P for having the barbecue on Saturday night. And I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I can't. And also to everybody else that we met, uh, Mark, Mark, Mike, uh, everybody, basically all the listeners. And I even got to hang out with Luke Giroux and Muffin as well. So it was really cool. Thank you. Great times. Cool. Yeah, finally getting to meet some of those uh, longer-time listeners. That's very neat. Yeah. All right. Uh, Patreon supporters, we have 78. Our, we do. Uh, our new Patreon is... Uh, oh, Topher we talked about last week, but uh, NB Can Hillbilly, we? I think, is new. And uh, it looks like... I thought Chad, Chad. Chad was before, too. He was on there before. Was he? Yeah. Because he was updated. Oh, okay. They must updated. So- Awesome. Uh, please join one or more of our nation, national firearms associations, such as the CCFR, or the CSSA. It's important to uh, support those organizations so they can fight for our rights. Uh, get out there and, and try some different shooting matches. Uh, try out IPSC. Uh, get into Maple Seed and uh, don't rage quit, but get your rifleman badge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or uh, go out and uh, shoot a three-gun match. They're uh, they're a lot of fun. At least I think they are. <laughs> Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. We're at, uh, oh, I don't know, 1,700 likes or something like that. Um, and on Facebook is where you'll also get uh, a chance to uh, uh, chat with us a little bit. Um, I've So for that 1911, I've got a post up there asking listeners uh, what kind of grips to do. So not like... Oh, yeah, she get like rubber grips or like, or that. I'm going to do a custom printed grip and I want something weird. So if you've got some weird ideas for grips on a, on a 1911, I want to hear them. <laughs> so I'm going to do something fun. I think Trevor riding the unicorn would be an awesome idea. Oh, there was a couple. What were some of the other ones on there? Trevor riding a, mm-hmm. a, a unicorn, uh, Wilfred Brimley. I think I've seen those ones before. Uh, what else was on there? Uh, my Little Pony. Yeah. Uh, my... There was a Hello Kitty. 
Uh, the liberals uh, uh, logo, yeah. the liberal platform logo. That's a, that's an interesting one. I was thinking about that one. I was trying to find a, a good photo of Wendy Kukier to throw on there. Uh, uh, she's the uh, leader of uh, Gun Control Canada or something like that. I can't remember for now, but uh, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't really find a good picture of that one. And that's like that's way too specific. Most people don't don't even know what she's look like. So I gotta find something else, something that's interesting. Pennywise. Mm. I think you should put Pennywise on there. Pennywise? Pennywise? Yes. The Glock logo one is pretty funny, too. <laughs> on there, yes. Glock perfection. Or uh, instructions for how to clear a jam in a 1911. <laughs> in case of jam, remove and replace it with a Glock. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyways, yeah, definitely uh, go check us out on Facebook where you can uh, have fun conversations with us over there. Uh, anything else, Kelly? No, that's it. All right. We're good. <laughs> good night, everyone. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.